All right, well, it's so great again to have you guys with us. It is Pentecost Sunday, and actually at the end of this particular gathering, we are gonna be joining in together on Zoom. So if you wanna join us at the end of this, at 11.15 a.m., we're gonna join in on Zoom together. We're gonna take some time and pray together and just uh, center ourselves and focus on Pentecost and, and pray, have some people in our community pray. We're gonna connect with each other for a couple minutes, say hi, but as well, we're gonna take communion together. So if you're watching this, you're gonna join us after. Uh, grab some bread, juice, wine, whatever you want, and join us as we take some time to remember and celebrate Pentecost and the giving of the Spirit. And that's really exactly what Pentecost Sunday is, the celebration of the Spirit being given to the church. And I've just been noticing that, and it's a good thing, there's lots of emphasis right now in the church on Jesus, and rightfully so. We are a very much a Jesus-centered church and a Jesus-centered movement. But what often gets lost in that is that we have a high Christology, we have a high focus on Christ, but oftentimes I've just noticed in the church a very low view of the Holy Spirit. And uh, I would say it like this, we have a high Christology but a low pneumatology. And I think that actually needs to be corrected. Just wanna remind you that wherever you are right now, Jesus is not with you in flesh and blood, right? I often joke when we gather together as the church that though there are some sweet beards in our community and some folk that maybe have maybe the Jesus style beard and haircut or whatever, but Jesus of Nazareth is not with us in flesh and blood. He's with us by the spirit. And I get it. I get, I get that maybe some of uh, what the Holy Spirit does or maybe your experiences of churches in the Holy Spirit in the past have kind of been gnarly. I totally get that. There's been lots of abuses, I think, throughout time. And for many of us, the Holy Spirit is just kind of the third part, the, almost like the weird uncle of the Trinity, right? This third person that's kind of weird and wild and out there. And so a lot of us just want to focus on Jesus, but... I just want, I'm here to t just remind us that the Holy Spirit is not a denominational thing. The celebration of the Spirit giving to the church is not some sort of charismatic thing. This is for everybody who lives and breathes and calls themselves a follower of Jesus. If you've given your allegiance to Jesus, the Spirit lives within you. And while a focus on Jesus is wonderful and obviously central, we can't just like push the Holy Spirit stuff to the side. And so if you know me, I've been an advocate for this for, this for many, many years. Uh, oftentimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, in some ways on a practical level, we're very cessationist. We, so a lot of us say we're charismatic, but on a practical level, we don't really practice this stuff. With that in mind, there's been a lot of questions the last number of, last couple of years, I'd say, in our own community around spiritual gifts. We even had Praxis communities ask questions about if there's material around spiritual gifts. I've talked, and we've talked about this in the past, but I thought for the next two weeks, while we're still in lockdown, and before we get kind of gathering, and we'll share more, get gathering back together as a community, we take some time to talk about spiritual gifts, what the New Testament says, what the scriptures say, and I hope to just shed some light for you today uh, just on what the, whole, what the spiritual gifts are. And my hope is to kind of clear up any muddiness around this. Because for many of us, it's muddy. Um, it's just weird. It's out there. And I'm a huge advocate for saying it doesn't have to be. That life in the spirit should be this natural thing for us. And we really want it to be a natural thing for our church community. 
So I hope in a sense that we could just put all of our past experiences maybe behind us. I know those things shape us. I know it's hard. It's easy to say, well, let's just forget about, about all that. I know there's deep things implemented in our lives and practices that have shaped us, but I hope to just bring to light some things that hopefully will help us to kind of take the spooky and the weird out of the Holy Spirit. If you have a Bible, open with me to John 14. We're going to go pretty quick here. But John 14, Jesus, this is before Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, before his ascension. And Jesus is going to the cross. He knows this. Listen to what he says, John 14, verse 15. He says this, If you love me, then keep my commandments, as I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So I'll just stop there and say, even Jesus right here knows that he is going away and that that will be hard, but in some ways it'll actually be, think about it, in some ways this will be better, that the Holy Spirit, the advocate is going to be given to the disciples of Jesus. Read with me. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Verse 20, on that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Skip down to verse 26 with me. It says this, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so here we get a glimpse of Jesus basically proclaiming and praying that and giving a, a picture to us that the future disciples here, and that's you and I now, even a couple thousand years later, will receive the advocate, will receive the Holy Spirit, and this will come on our lives to actually lead us and guide us in the way of Jesus. So again, I'm thankful for the Jesus Collective movements and all the Jesus-centered movements and the gospel-centered movements. All of that is wonderful. But what about a Holy Spirit-centered movement? Because it seems to me like we can't do this without the revelation of the Holy Spirit. And again, I know I'm on my like soapbox, on my high horse. That has nothing to do with denominations or whether you call yourself charismatic or not. Just the reality is of following Jesus is we have nothing without the Holy Spirit leading us into truth and revealing who Jesus is. And so ultimately what we want to do is we want to cultivate a life that's marked by the Holy Spirit and led by the Holy Spirit. Now, lots of talk in the Spirit, obviously, even if you read through the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, the author, Dr. Luke, tons of emphasis on the Holy Spirit in his writing. It's interesting that between Luke and Paul, who are the two most formative writers on the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, they kind of have a different approach. Certainly, they're trying to say the same thing, but I would say they're saying the same thing in different ways. Luke's pneumatology, or Luke's idea of the Holy Spirit, is very much what we focus on on like a day like Pentecost Sunday, where he focuses on the giving of the Spirit to the church for Christian vocation and witness. And one of the things Luke wants to do and wants to show is that when the Holy Spirit comes on the church, they are these prophets in a sense. 
uh, one theologian calls the church the prophethood of all believers. And don't think, maybe some of you had, have had bad experiences again with the idea of prophet, but just these people, this community that speaks and proclaims the good news of Jesus. That was Luke's kind of vision and what he saw the Spirit doing is that it came on the Christian for witness. Paul's pneumatology or Paul's idea of the Holy Spirit really focuses on the giving of the Spirit for salvation and sanctification, which is a big kind of theological word just to talk about becoming more like Jesus. Really, Paul's emphasis is life in the Spirit. And one of the things Paul talks about is actually gifts of the Spirit or fruit of the Spirit. This is on the language of Paul over and over as he writes uh, churches and communities talking about the gifts of the Spirit or the things that the Spirit wants to do within the community. With that said, today what I want to do is I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. What are they? Is this legitimate? What does this mean? Some of this is new to you. Welcome. Just buckle up. Take a deep breath. Um, slow down a bit. We're going to talk kind of at a cursory level, at about a 30,000 foot level about the gifts of the Spirit. And then next week, the plan is, and I'm not exactly sure, but the plan is to drill down a bit and probably talk a little bit about prophecy and tongues, because there's always all sorts of questions around specifically those two things that Paul talks about. To talk about the gifts of the Spirit, though, uh, we need to do a little bit, de- little bit of deconstruction to reconstruct, uh, I think, a healthy idea of what the spirituals are, what the spirit, spirit gifts are. So if you have a Bible, again, you've probably already turned with me to John 14. Now let's flip over to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 is an explicit place within Paul's writings where he shares with the church around the spirituals. This is what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 12, it'll come up as well, verse 12. Paul says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines." All right, so packed here with Paul's writing and what he's saying about uh, this thing we read in English called the gifts of the Spirit. Ironically, what Paul does here is he starts by sharing with the church in Corinth, I do not want you to be uninformed. And the irony here is that even a couple millennia later, there's a lot of misinformation, not just in culture at a general level, but specifically about the gifts of the Spirit. There is a lot of uninformed people. 
And this is why I think teaching is central to the church and one of the things we need to continue to do is that we need to, through the scriptures, really bring these ideas forward. And uh, there's a lot of misinformation. There's primarily, if you wanna know, there's primarily two specific areas that Paul talks about these things called the gifts of the spirit. First is here in 1 Corinthians 12. There's also another passage in Romans 12 that I'm gonna read in a second here. And then there's also some instruction about like leadership gifts in Ephesians. But we're gonna focus on 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. Let me read Romans 12 before we dissect this a little bit. Again, Paul reminding us not to be uninformed. So I think one of the good things to do is actually read it. So Romans 12, flip over there, verse three, Actually, verse four, Paul says this, for just as each of you has one body with many members and these members do not have all the same function, so he's giving an image of a body, he says, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And so here you have it, friends. Uh, Between 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Romans chapter 12, there are something like 16 different gifts listed that the Holy Spirit gives to the church. Now, there are some problems in some of our thinking. And the problem, as always, it seems to, it goes back to translation from Greek to English. And you're probably thinking, we talk about this a lot, like the translation issues from the Greek language or the Hebrew language into English. And we, there's, that's just part of it. Again, this is why talking about this is important. What's really crazy, and you may or may not know this, is that the word spiritual gifts or spiritual gift in Greek never shows up once. So spiritual and gift together never in all of the scriptures shows up together. Now we have some fine people find scholars that work together to translate, because I'm not really great with Greek, and I'm super thankful for these people that translate into English for the different versions of our Bibles, and they have come to decide on this word spiritual gifts. But the problem is, is that actually in the Greek language, spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit, like it says in my New Testament version of the Bible, is not actually there. And you're like, what? All my life we've called this in English spiritual gifts. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't call it gifts of the spirit or spiritual gifts. I'm just saying that that English translation of this phrase can kind of shape our minds in unique ways that maybe actually shape us in a way that missed the point. Actually, the phrase gift of the spirit or spiritual gifts is the Greek word in these passages, the Greek word pneumatikos, pneumatikos. Maybe you can even say that word just to sound really smart. Maybe you can impress your friends. It's the word pneumatikos. And it's a hard, it's actually a slippery word to translate. It's an adjective, but does not have a noun. Probably actually the better translation is, I think it's Gordon Fee, I'm not entirely sure. I think it's Gordon Fee, who's a scholar, translates this spiritual things or the spirituals. 
I've heard other pastors translate pneumaticos, which often, again, we read in our Bibles as spiritual gifts. They translate it as stuff the Spirit does. I actually really like that. that actually, the two-part mini-series that we're calling here, we're calling it Spirit Stuff. Spirit Stuff. I mean, that's kind of the way that you can think about it. When the English word shows up in these passages around gifts of the Spirit, really what should be coming to our mind is this idea of things or stuff that the Spirit does. Now, here's why this matters, because I actually think it matters. It matters because it helps shape our practice. Instead of just reading spiritual gifts, when we understand that pneumaticos is actually stuff that the Spirit does, and when we read this in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans chapter 12, it shapes the idea that these things that the Spirit does is actually available to any one of us that are filled with the Holy Spirit, right? This is a game changer. To understand that this word pneumaticos means things or stuff that the Spirit does, it shapes for us in practice that if you're filled with the Spirit, any of these pneumaticos, things that the Spirit does, is available to any of us. Now, we have screwed this up, right? Can we just be honest? So we have, first of all, even before I get to this point, I just want to also acknowledge that probably what Paul is writing here as he lists things is not an exhaustive list. I actually think we don't have all the things or the stuff that the Spirit does. Here, he's listed some things, but I think that that list is not exhaustive. The other point that needs to be made, again, why this actually matters is because we've messed this up and said, okay, you have this gift and I have this gift and that person has this gift. And I actually don't, guys, I do not think that that, this, that, that is actually the picture of the New Testament gifts. How often do we do this, right? Where we kind of read through the, the, the list that we see of these two or three passages and go, I wonder which one's for me, right? Hmm, I wonder, you know, I wonder which one I could, could kind of take for myself. And this has led to the point, I, many of you, you know what I'm talking about, specifically around things like the gift of healing, is that certain people have kind of claimed this idea that they have these particular gifts. Typically guys, in what, maybe a guy in a white coat, for example, that fills out arenas and has people come to them because they have the gift of healing. It's almost as though something that people claim. And I actually don't think that's the, the vision that the New Testament gives. All of these things are available to all of us, that the stuff the Spirit does, as our lives are open to the work of the Spirit and walking in the life of the Spirit, any of the, these things could kind of come to fruition at any time as the Spirit leads us. And, but by the way, just a side note with the healing, the, the healing people, um, it's interesting that they want to fill out, fill out re arenas and auditoriums instead of going to hospitals, which should be kind of like a blinker on our dashboards, right? It's just, we need to think through these things. I'm not saying God doesn't use these people, but I'm saying our vision and our, the thing that we've kind of shaped in our minds, in our hearts around spiritual gifts is, here's a list, I wonder which one is for me, and we kind of eagerly wait for one thing to be our spiritual gift. I just want to say and just let you know that that is actually really backwards in this whole conversation around pneumaticos and around the stuff the Spirit does. It's actually opposite. You know, for me, the running joke has been, as I've shared this with some people, is the spiritual gifts test. 
Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've taken these spiritual gifts tests online. I remember a bunch of years ago, I took a spiritual gifts test, and as I was kind of filling out the information, eagerly desiring to find my gift, the major gift that it said is kind of the computer software spouted back to me was that I was going to be a deaf interpreter. And uh, I mean, I guess I could learn how to do that, but it was just an experience for me of trying to find my spiritual gift, that one thing. And again, I actually think that that's not, this list is not exhaustive one, and I don't actually think there's one thing out there for us. This may actually shape you a bit because maybe you're in a spot in your life where you're like, I just need to find that one gift. Now, I will say this. I do think an open life in walking with the Holy Spirit, there may be things that the Spirit does within us that we cultivate and things become more natural for us in these particular gifts. I'm not saying that there's not things that would be evident in our lives or one or two things that the Holy Spirit does within us that we're drawn to through our gifts and abilities and the things that the the Spirit empowers us with. I just think we need to break down the walls that this person has that spiritual gift and this person has that spiritual gift and that our lives couldn't be open to experiencing many, if not a number, of th- a number of things that the Holy Spirit wants to do within us. So I just wanna caution us a little bit from this tale that would say you have to have one thing. Um, the shaping of this word really begins to do a work within us. It's pneumaticos, it's pneumaticos. It's this idea of the things the spirit does. And one of the things we wanna be as a community is we wanna cultivate that and just have lives that are open. Now we're not gonna get directly into some of the things that are listed here in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12 today. But I just wanna leave us with a couple things that are really important as Paul leads and writes the church in Corinth. There's a couple things here he says that we just need to remember as we really work to practice the gifts of the Spirit or pneumaticos, the stuff that the Spirit does in our own community. One of the things that Paul says is this, is that the stuff that the Spirit does is actually for our common good. Did you hear what I said? Please hear me clearly, okay? I know we're not in the room together. I want to make sure that this is overemphasized. The things, the stuff, the spirit stuff is actually for our good. And so when it's practiced, it's for the good of the community. So there should not be fear around this stuff or intimidation. We watch very closely as a community that these things are not abused because a lot of us, in our, I know in our community, just rubbing shoulders with people are turned off to some of these things because you've seen the abuses and I get it. I mean, I grew up in a very healthy church, but can we just be honest? People are crazy. Can I just, like, let's just get it out there. I think we should almost pray and go home on that one, right? People are crazy and at times will abuse these things. One of the things that Paul actually says in verse three is that, The things that the Spirit does in a community never contradicts the Scripture, that it's actually for our good. And again, I know some of us have seen the horrors of this, but one of the things we see is that the things, the the gifts, if you want to call them, that the Spirit gives or the things that the Spirit does within an individual within a community is always for the good of the community. 
probably get myself in trouble here. It is what it is. But um, Heather and I laugh about this now. But I was thinking back a number of years ago to a conference. Or it was like a, a weekend thing that I was kind of ministering at and I was a part of. I was leading worship, a part of this event. And so Heather was there. And uh, at the end of one of the gatherings, there was ministry time and worship and people were praying. And a lady that came up to Heather, kind of scooched over to Heather and said, I have a word for you. And that, you know, sometimes this can be interesting when somebody has a word for you. Um, And so she's like, cool. And this lady went on to say this. She wanted to say this. As she's looking at me leading worship with the team, she said, Heather, I know you don't have the gifts like your husband, but you'll get there someday, right? And um, it was just such a fascinating experience for for Heather. Uh, That was obviously not building her up. Now, here's the funny thing, and you know this if you're a part of our community. I actually envy, and I don't talk about Heather a lot, but I envy the gifts that Heather has. It's not on a stage, it's not playing a keyboard, it's not singing, thank the Lord, but the gifts of hospitality and her life open to other people and walking and connecting with other people. Honestly, I would much rather have the gifts that he, she has. And it was just such a fascinating experience within community to see the abuse, one, of idolizing certain gifts, but two, thinking you have a word for somebody, but in reality, tearing them down. Just here to remind us that Paul really believes that when pneumaticos, when the spirit works within a community, it's for the common good. And we can laugh about that experience now, again, one, because we definitely see that certain gifts are elevated in the church for some reason and they shouldn't be. And two, just we laugh now at how people can be destructive in these, this posture. So anytime we practice these things in our community, anytime there's a word, anytime God is using somebody in these gifts and in in their own gifts, that it would be something that would build the church up collectively. If it's not building us up, it's not worth it. Paul's very clear on that. But the second thing he says is that the stuff that the Spirit does, the pneumaticos, is not only done for our common good, but it's also done for the common good of the community. In other words, we can't practice pneumaticos on our own. We can't, we can't do this on our own. It has to be done in community together. And this was actually, actually Paul's vision actually for the church. We can't practice these things on our own. And that's why it's so integral to do these things. And the picture and image that Paul gives is of a body that's connected together. The other primary picture we get of the church is this temple that these blocks of the temple actually come together. But the the body picture is a great picture of how we can only function well when every part of the body is working together. So it's not just for the common good, not just for a a single person's common good, but these gifts, pneumaticos, the things that the Spirit does must be done in community for the common good of the community. And so it's the Holy Spirit, verse 11, that Paul talks about how it's the Holy Spirit that distributes these things. So are we a listening community? Are we in the scriptures? Are we praying? Are, are, is our heart attuned? Again, it's not about just grabbing one thing. It's about a life and a community's life that's opened and postured as the Spirit works within them, that the gifts would be used in and amongst, in and amongst 
the community as we live this out. And so ultimately, this is what we want. We want to be a community where the Holy Spirit works in and through us to carry on his kingdom work in the world. And while we're very devoted to the scriptures and believe, obviously, the scriptures lead us and guide us in truth, we need the Spirit working within us. Again, it does not have to be weird. It doesn't have to be out there. We just have to be open to it. And so I hope some of the, the maybe misconceptions around the gifts of the Spirit, actually, even calling it the gifts of the Spirit is so interesting because those words aren't there. It's about the things that the Spirit wants to do. And I would just hope as a community and, and in our church that we would just eagerly desire these things, uh, that God is not static, that he's actually forming and shaping and working and moving. And while we want uh, the central focus to be on Jesus, that central focus on Jesus really can't be there without the work of the Spirit in our lives. So let's not make it weird or out there. Our hope is that our posture towards spiritual things or spirit stuff is just a posture that says, yes, God, we're open to this. We want you to move. We want you to work within us. And so wherever you're at, I just hope that you today on a day like Pentecost Sunday would receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, I'm out of here, but I'm leaving the advocate for you to come alongside you. We can't do this life with, without the Holy Spirit. And certainly we cannot live as a church into the way of Jesus and into Jesus' kingdom vision for the world without the Holy Spirit leading and guide us, leading and guiding us. So I want to take a moment. I want to pray for us. And I just want us to have as a community, if you're watching with us, a, a posture that would receive the Holy Spirit today. And then if you want, in a couple minutes, you want to join us. We're going to join in together and we're going to pray. Some of our team is going to lead us. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful moment. But wherever you're at, I know this is weird. I know even worshiping from our homes and singing and stuff, it can be weird. But would you just open up your heart and your life to receive the Spirit today? Would you open up, and I, this is for me as well, I think about my own life, opening up so that these things could be practiced. We think about the things that are listed here, all the way down to things like hospitality and caring and mercy, the gift of mercy. Let's not elevate certain gifts over the others. We, we all need to be open to God working in us, and this needs to be practiced. So let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come. And certainly, God, you'd fill us to be witnesses of your kingdom throughout the world. We think, we think of the early apostles that met many disciples in that room and were empowered by your spirit to then go and bring the good news of the kingdom to the world. May we continue that on. But also, kind of at a local, on-the-ground level, may you do a work within us that's deep and may we be open to the things your spirit wants to do within us. I pray that, and I know it's a word we often use, that we would cultivate certain things in our lives and that we would be used in the gifts that you want to give. That as the body, we all have different gifts. I pray and I pray, pray in our own community that the idea of certain things like we see maybe on a stage or even on through a camera, with, somehow we, those ideas of those things being more spiritual or better gifts would be broken. I pray that everybody in our community, Holy Spirit, today would see what you want to move and work in in their lives. And may we just come open. We can't do this without you, Holy Spirit. 
reveal Jesus. Do it in our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We, well, we love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Right now, what we're gonna do is give everybody a couple minutes. If you want to join us on Zoom, the link has gone out in Praxis Weekly. If you want that link, you can go right now, email us at hello at mypraxis.church, and we're gonna join in at 11.15. We're gonna take some time to pray together, just open up our hearts in community, connect with each other, and we're gonna take communion together. I hope you can join us.